Welcome to Subculture. This is a podcast about the many unique, varied, and sometimes little-known groups that people find themselves relating to in our society. In today's world, everything runs on culture. Who you are, what you believe in, what you think about yourself, and the way we relate to the world is all defined by the choices we make and the people we choose to spend time with. How do we decide where we belong? Have you ever thought about changing who you are? Have you ever thought about joining a club, a group, a gang, or a clique? What makes us who we are? What makes us decide where to fit in? That's what this podcast will explore. Every week, I will interview an individual from a different subculture and try to get at the thing that makes them tick. My name's Chris Harper, and I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of Subculture. Today, I'm here with my good friend and fellow podcaster, Zach French. Welcome to the show, Zach. How are you? Thanks, Chris. I've been looking forward to this for a while. We, uh, we are we are toughing the podcast world together. Uh, almost started at the same time, man, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I brought you on today to talk about the subculture of Web3 media, crypto, NFTs, um, which is you know evolving into its own uh, genre and subculture in the world. And you're pretty plugged into that. Yeah, we. I, I started off in the NFT world, um, and uh, that is really what sucked me into understanding the technology. And once I had an idea around the technology, I knew that I needed to dedicate as much of my time as possible to it. Um, yeah. And that turned into a, a reasonably successful podcast. Uh, and most of all, meeting a lot of amazing people from across all the different depths of Web3, from founders to artists to collectors to lawyers, um, just all kinds of different people trying to give this space the legitimate time that it deserves, right? And the way that it's going to hopefully change the world. That's, what, that's what's up, man. Where, what, how old are you and where are you from? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name's Zach French. Uh, I am a native Atlantan. Uh, been here since I was born. There's not many of us, so shout out to the native Atlantans. It's kind of a melting pot city. Um, I grew up here uh, and then went off to school at Florida State University. Uh, had a hell of a time there. Um, was definitely a, a party animal. Um, and then decided to go to law school uh, back up in Atlanta. Uh, and I wanted to be a sports agent originally. Uh, I saw Jerry Maguire as a kid, and I just thought it was <laughs> such an amazing, uh, you know, opportunity to meet all these athletes. Growing up, I wa- I was the guy who was watching Dude, Sports I could Center. See you doing that job, actually. <laughs> that 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 would suit you, I think. <laughs> Are you big into sports? Uh, Dude, I, I mean, when I was growing up, I played all kind. I played lacrosse. I played basketball. Um, you know, I always played football recreationally. Um, I was the. You remember when Sports Center used to be the same show over and over and over yeah. every morning? <laughs> yeah, I used to watch it for hours. The same show, right? Uh, loved it. Grew up playing like sports games with my dad and stuff like nice. that. Played fantasy football from like high school on. Um, but I actually hit a point. Um, right after I was done with law school and I was like, I was on this kind of like learning journey. Um, you know, I was 25 years old. Uh, I wasn't hundred percent sure what I, what I wanted to do with my life, but I graduated from law school and I was like, you know, I've got limited time now. 
uh, and I love sports, but I need something with a more clear ROI for, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and since I wasn't pursuing the, the agent side of things, um, I decided to just lean into business and technology. Um, first starting with books around it and uh, then eventually going through and working at different technology companies where I was able to really appreciate how the world could be connected through technology. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you say that about technology. You know, this uh, this subculture of Web3 media is such like tech heavy. You know, a lot of people that are in it are programmers, coders, you know, uh, lawyers with backgrounds and, you know, I, all those, you know, <laughs> fields that are like CCO and all that stuff, you know, I mean, it just seems like a lot of people from the technology industry are gravitating towards this kind of group that we're in. Yeah. I think, you know, anytime that there is a big advance in technology, you need the engineers, the developers to lead the way and build it out first. Um, in web three, what that's translated to, in, in my opinion, is it's translated to a very technical product experience, um, which, you know, is a first iteration, but you know, the whole meaning with my show when I started it was to try and help us understand the more practical aspects of web three and how it could be, uh, observed in our everyday life. Uh, to make our lives better. So you so hats off to the maxis that started all of this. But I think what we're doing now is I'm trying to trying to facil- facilitate a turning point where the mainstream can appreciate all the stuff that I feel like you and I have known since we got onboarded into the space. Yeah. So you have a podcast now. Yes. Web three with me. Um, I, Web three with me. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, vibing in the verse, uh, is, is my tagline. Um, thanks to my wife for that. Um, I w- I'll tell the story. Uh, I was decided to leave my job as a corporate in-house counsel at a tech software company, uh, after about two and a half years in the legal department. And because I knew this space was going to be big um, and I knew I wanted to educate. Right. And all around the same conversation of like overcoming the technical boundaries and explain to people in everyday terms how this space could could change things. And so I, was, I went to my wife one night in bed and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to start writing. And she goes, no, you're not. And I'm <laughs> like, excuse me. And she's like, you're not that good of a writer, but you like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, you know me better than almost anybody in the world, you know, except for like maybe my parents. Um, that sounds like a really good idea. I mean, I'd been putting it around a little bit. Um, yeah. and I was like, you know what though? I don't want to learn how to like edit any of this stuff. Right. <laughs> like I want someone to just like, I want to get on the mic and I want to schedule with people and I just want to go. And that's when I met Alan, who is both of our producers over at pretty easy yeah. podcast. Shout and it was a Alan. Shout out, and man. His wife, and his wife. Yeah, Melissa. Yeah, yeah, yeah Melissa awesome. crushing the game. Um, yeah. And he made it super easy for me, right? Um, he had, you know, gave me a, a checklist of things that I needed to do to get it started. Um, and I started with just my friends. You know, I my, my best friend, uh, my cousin, Alon Miller, was my first guest. Yeah. Uh, he does like brand strategy in the space. And then my second guest was my mentor in Web3, a guy named Josh Sobel. Oh, heck, you should totally have him on your other show. Uh, sure. The Ledge, he's one of the most prolific collectors I know. Yeah, I got to um, get him on there. 
And I got into a groove, man. It was just like, and I'm sure you feel this too. Like when we're talking to people, we leave the conversation more energized, right? Like learning from all these different people. Yeah. 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 And it's, and then because we're so energized and because we're good conversationalists, our guests have a good experience. And when our guests have a good experience, they want to recommend their friends. Yeah. And then what you start to learn is the dirty little secret of podcasting, which is it's a win-win for both sides. You get good people on your show and the good people get media exposure. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of my founding story. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And uh, I can relate to so much of everything that you just said, even, you know, down to, uh, I got a daughter that's going to Florida State. (laughs) Nice. Go Knowles, baby. You got to go down there and visit. It's changed a lot since I I was there. I I think I've told you this, but I lived in Atlanta for about 20 years, you know, so I'm very familiar with that city. And, uh, you know, you and I are kind of kindred spirits on this Web3 journey together, you know. you remember how we met each other at, uh, we met each other about a year ago at NFT. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck render gallery. The fuck render gallery. (laughs) I was wearing a wolf dog shirt. This show isn't geared to web three people. This, this show subcultures, you know, I was doing the ledge podcast, which is very like web three art heavy, NFT heavy. And it's very like niche, you know, there's just, uh, there's just a certain group of people that are listening to that. And something dawned on me about this podcast was that, you know, I know so many interesting people and I've met so many interesting, smart people in my life. I just want to like interview them all, <laughs> you know? So this kind of b- 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 evolved out of that subculture, you know, and that's why, uh, you know, and you're an interesting, smart guy. And that's why I wanted to get you on here to talk about. <laughs> I have to say subculture I, that we're in of web three and how we got there. Yeah. It's I, dude. I, people can't see me. This is audio only, but I'm like shaking my big head. Yes. Hold yeah. my hands in the air because yeah. I mean, this is one you're facilitating what you're really good at, which is conversations and, and like, mm-hmm. talking to people and uncovering yeah. like all the wonderful things that people have to offer. I think if you're like me, when you're at a dinner party, you go seek somebody out and you have a really, you can have a really interesting conversation with anybody. Right. Um, And to be able to do that in public is just like a whole nother level. But on top of that, one of the promises of Web3, the reason we met is Mm -hmm. is the ability to pull people together and make decisions and do things, which if you pull people's decisions together, you're basically taking their identities and grouping them up. That equals a society or a subculture. Right. And that's the Uh, last thing I expected when I got down the rabbit hole of NFTs. I did not know I was going to make so many friends and meet so many cool people. And there was so many like people that thought like I thought. And I just didn't know, man, like when I got into it. What's a fuck render? What's a fuck render? (laughs) I'm sure your (laughs) listeners on on, on subcultures are like, you went to a fuck render gallery? What What were you doing there? Was that in Amsterdam? (laughs) Right? Were you going to the shows in Amsterdam? No. Fuck render is a very famous NFT artist um, who created an amazing gallery in Chelsea during a big conference. And Chris came up to me. I was wearing a shirt from Wolf Dog, who is a a mural artist here in Atlanta. He's done like one NFT. And you're like, dude, that shirt's sick. And 
then we just struck up a conversation. I got to meet Emma. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was it was awesome, man. It was very serendipitous because we very. got to chatting after that, and that's <laughs> honestly, I, you know, credit credit myself with trying to red pill you into podcasting, <laughs> even though I you knew did. you were trying to do it already. <laughs> you did. I, that's why we're here today. To be honest with you, man, I give you a lot of that credit. You, you between you and Emma, that's why I'm here. You know, I went, um, when I, when I was working at a company and I would meet with like the people that, that were working for me or with me, um, they would always call me as the double-edged sword because I was always encouraging people to do their own thing. But at the same time that made them not complacent in what, whatever they were doing currently. (laughs) I want to go back to this fuck render conversation again. So there's the, you just mentioned this very famous NFT artist named Buckrinder. Like, and I mean, obviously that's not his real name, right? Like he's, that's a pseudonym. Fred. And there's so many, uh, there's so many people in the web three world that go by pseudonyms. Mm -hmm. Do you have any insight on that? I believe you had one when I met you. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Yeah, I did. Um, because yeah. So like as part of the web three subculture, Everybody yeah. has a pseudonym <laughs> yeah. and uh, I had been writing. So I guess from a personal standpoint, uh, I had been writing uh, an investment blog uh, with two total posts uh, at, at earlier in my career. And, you know, in the investment world, um, edge is like, like quite literally your edge. Like, do you have a financial edge? Do you have a technical edge? Like all these different ways of investing. What are you good at that sets you apart from everybody else that's doing the same thing? And I had not come from like a financial background. I had not gotten an MBA. I'd went to law school. And so I'd always considered myself off the edge. Um, And so my original blog was hanging off the edge, but that was too long. And so I came up with and settled on off edge as my pseudonym. It's a great well, name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, one of the promises of Web3 and the reason that I even started with a pseudonym was that it didn't matter who you were, what you looked like, what you sounded like, where you were located, any of that. All that mattered was the relationships you were building and the subcultures and communities that you joined. Right. right. That showed your true beliefs. It didn't matter that my name was Zach French and I was from Atlanta and I'm 36 years old and blah, 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 blah. Right. It mattered what you believed in. Right. And I found a few different, you know, PFP communities and NFT communities that I was a part of. um, And I don't know, 95% of the people in there didn't use their real names. Yeah. And, 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 I'll tell you how that transfers is, look, you and I met in person. I think that for the first time, that's pretty yeah. unlikely. But at NFT NYC, you and I both met people that we had formed relationships with in these various communities on Discord, Telegram, what have you, Twitter, yeah. for the first time in person, right? That's true. Before yeah. that, we we might may not even had a voice conversation. We didn't have any way to know if there was an accent, what size you were, what color you were, or anything. We just knew that we were having really deep conversations about what we believed in, whether that was art or something around the art of NFTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're and when you meet right. people for the first time like that, it's a game changer. Yeah, it's very uh, it's it's very different than any other life experience I've had. You know, I mean, I'm I'm an old guy. I've met a lot of people. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've never had this type of experience. You know, where that that you know where there's just like this instant connection with people from such like varied backgrounds and 
you know, all kind of, you know, I mean, everybody in Web3 is from like totally, just totally different places. You know, I, I interviewed an artist on the ledge the other day who was like sitting on a balcony in Turkey. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It wasn't pack, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was not pack. I'd love to get him on there. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think everybody would. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably want that number. <laughs> what What got you into the world of Web3 to begin with? What was like the catalyst? And, and, and while we're talking about that, a lot of people in this realm refer to themselves as futurists. Can you delve into that a little bit when you're having that conversation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, in terms of my specific founding story into Web3, uh, mm-hmm. at the time, uh, this was January 2021, I mm-hmm. was a very high-stress job. I was in-house legal counsel responsible for running uh, all of the commercial deals for like 300 salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um and luckily I had an amazing, amazing boss there. And so like I was able to survive, but as part of being yeah. stressed out, I decided I needed a release. Um, and so I started creating physical art and um, you can't see it because, but uh, next to me is my first physical art piece. Uh, okay. It's a collage of Toby Luca, who is the founder of Shopify. Yes, I'm a nerd and he's my favorite founder. And so I was like, you know, what's important to me? This is important to me. And I got to listen to all the podcasts and create this piece of art. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to start creating art, I should probably learn what good art is. And so I started going to galleries and museums. And I was with one of my friends uh, on some fateful day in February looking at uh, some paintings at a local gallery. And he's like, hey, man, have you ever heard of NFTs? And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, he's like, it's like blockchain and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, cool. Like, he's like, actually, I've got a friend who's been trying to onboard me into the space. This is Josh Sobel. Oh, heck. Um, and I think you should talk to him. And so I had a conversation with him and Josh is an amazing human. He is very strong opinions. Uh, he comes from a fine art background And we had a conversation for maybe 30 minutes to an hour over the phone. And at the end of the conversation, I was super excited about NFTs and he was super excited about onboarding me. And so he basically said, look, man, I don't usually do this, but like, let's be friends. Um, Let's start chatting about this kind of stuff and let's keep in touch. And eventually I got invited to a group chat that was uh, with our friend Gavin Shapiro, who's been on your, your other show. Pretty, yeah. pretty famous uh, and amazing artist in Web3. Awesome. Dude, and uh, like such a good style. I show my NFTs to, uh, or his NFTs to my kids all the time. Um, nice. they're, they're very pleasant. But, um, and so I started getting in this WhatsApp group and it was just down the rabbit hole then. We were on Nifty Gateway every single yeah. night. Should we participate in this drop? My first <laughs> NFT was Blau uh, in Slime Sunday's uh, collaboration yeah. called uh, Faces. Um, I which I still it. have one uh, of, and my son loves break, da- break dancing to it. Actually, uh, <laughs> I'll put it up on the TV, and it's like doom, doom, doom. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is super cool for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, that 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 kind of led me down the rabbit hole. And then what what really just like ma- helped me make the decision to do this full time um, uh-huh. was in April May of 2021. There was a little bit of a bear market bags went down, you know, my, my whole portfolio is probably down 70, 80%. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I here? 
you know, I, I love the art, right? But I've definitely been speculating a lot too, right? Um, <laughs> uh, and so I started looking to the technology a little bit more. I was like, blockchain, cool. Uh, it creates this alignment between the person who is the creator and the person who is the collector. I'm like, what happens if you extrapolate that into something that I have been interested in for you know my entire career, which is like the future? Call me a futurist, right? This whole idea that like technology is going to create a better future for us. Um, yes. And I was like, this incentive alignment can actually allow better decision-making by bigger groups of people to make an impact on the world. And so I saw this alignment of culture and technology. And from that point forward, I was charting my way to Web3. Right on. How'd you go from there to be to the podcast? I, I guess what what would you say? So you started collecting. You started collecting. Your bags were were down. Yeah, I mean that was right when the for for context for the audience there these there was this uh, movement called the PFP movement. PFP stands for profile picture, um, and people. I, I touched on earlier how people were talking about like identity and subcultures and how like the NFTs kind of reflected who you were and the communities that you joined. Well, PFPs were the ultimate version of that because you could then yeah. find the communities that you liked that had pictures that represented the things that you considered yourself a part of and then make them your profile picture. So there's so much in web three of like, you know, there's so many, so many people talk about like meme culture and all of these like PFP projects you know, everything from board apes, crypto punks down to, you know, the Nakamoto's or whatever the thing, the newest thing is today. It's, there's all these like pop culture references to things, you know, it's like anything from hoodies, uh, 3d glasses, um, you know, laser eyes, all, all these weird, like, you know, pop cultural references. What's the deal with that in the world of web three? And why is that so such a thing? I think one of the things that Web3 brought to the forefront was the idea that memes allow collective people to believe in a collective idea very easily. Yeah. And then when you meant that on the blockchain and raised money around a meme, like those people get to make decisions around that. So if you think about it, right, if you abstract like one layer back, let's go to first principles here. A common belief upon which people contribute some sort of financial aspect to make decisions to spread the belief. What does right. that sound like? That's religion. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> You're being, not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so religion's always been there. Memes are just the religion of these new generations. And Web3 brought that to the forefront. <laughs> you know, religion's always like the, the the biggest culturally relevant thing in any society, right? I mean, it's why we <laughs> fought most of our wars. Um, exactly. It's, it's uh, yeah, and, and it contributes a lot of good things. I mean, a lot of the the values that are instilled in people as part of being a Christianity, Jewish, Muslim, what have you, yeah. um, of really like surrendering yourself to a, a higher power and, you know, not being judgmental and like all these, these little things that creates great people, right? Regardless yeah. of whether you believe sure. in, in Jesus or Allah or what have you, like it, it, it creates values within people that help them be contributing members to society. Um, and I like to think web three does the same thing in a more funny way.
Yeah. Do you think that there's like an alignment of like, like, uh, principles and ideas in the web three community? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, um, the ability to act as a collective to make an impact on the world. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people doing that. There's, you know, climate DAO that's tackling climate change. There was constitution. uh, That's kind of like what I was getting at. Like these DAOs are almost like, almost like what we're talking about. And what do you know what a, can you explain? You're a lawyer in web three. Explain (laughs) to me what a DAO is. (laughs) So DAO uh, is literally translated as decentralized autonomous organization, but for purposes of your audience, uh, it's basically the entity choice of, of web three blockchain. Right. Yeah. Um, right. It's how people assemble um, the, the law. There's some states passing laws around whether you can create a DAO LLC. Um, but for the most part, what it is, is it is a group of people from anywhere in the world that have come together to achieve a purpose. Um, and guess what? The group gets to decide what the purpose is. And how does that work? How does the group decide? Yeah. So there's, there's different ways. I mean, if you look at certain DAOs, like city DAO, I think is a really interesting example where they actually bought a physical piece of land uh, and they're trying to build a city. They wrote, I mean, they're, they're building a city the right way. They wrote a charter, (laughs) right. That determines uh, how the organization is run. They have different guilds, uh, you know, marketing, legal, education, community guilds that all operate somewhat autonomously. And they're trying to build their own little virtual city uh, under the guidance of what you would consider a constitution uh, for all intents and purposes uh, that you would see in like a normal society. So it can be as as formalized as that, or it can be a PFP community, um, which, you know, I've been a f- part of a few of those um, where you're, you're basically in the discord together, uh, you know, you're you're sharing your, maybe you're sharing your deepest, darkest secrets and they're there for moral support. Maybe you're trying to connect with people who have similar interests. Yeah. Um, I've been in the Moonbirds community for a while. I've been in the Moonbirds community since it started. And that's my, I guess my PFP community that I'm involved with the most. And I got to tell you, man, I, I, I liked it. I liked it for a long time, but I haven't not liked the direction that it's gone in for the last few months, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, if without getting into the specifics of, you know, promising things and not delivering, um, you know, which which I imagine kind of fuels a little bit of that. It's like, you know, the cold hard fact is that if it's a PFP community first, um, how do you stick around? Right? Like, what makes it sustainable? And what people are starting to realize is that you've got to turn this into some sort of business because you can't just keep selling NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be the hard part for a lot of these founders to do, you know, because a lot of them are very creative people, but I don't know if they're like, you know, also good business people, (laughs) which is a difference, difference, right? (laughs) I'll tell you the funny part, like this kind of ironic, just on the, the Moonbirds aspect is like Kevin Rose has been a business person, quote unquote, you can't see me, but I'm making hand quotes here. Um, uh, for his entire career, he was at the forefront of web one, uh, you know, when we were building that out in the late nineties and early two thousands. So, um, you know, it, sometimes the business people don't make good business people in web three, right? Well, Kevin's, um, they Ke- might- Kevin's, from my observation of Kevin, and this is no knock on Kevin, Kevin's, uh, you know, uh, done a lot for web three, but it seems like Kevin's done really well at making Kevin money. <laughs> seen any evidence of Kevin making other people money. <laughs> right. A problem that plagues this whole industry. 
Uh, <laughs> there was a meme I saw this morning with uh, what uh, could this get any worse? And it went 10 times down all the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to get way worse. <laughs> you know, that's another thing about this uh, Web3 world. You know, it's very crypto dependent and there's huge swings in the crypto markets, right? I mean, People that are listening to this show that don't know anything about it, you know, probably are familiar with Bitcoin and maybe Ethereum. And then, you know, some people have probably heard of like Dogecoin, right? But there's a lot more to all of it. And there's huge swings in the market on prices, price action in Bitcoin and others. How does that I think that's one of the hard parts is, is like, you know, the main onboarding place for web three um if you if yeah. you consider it basically anything related to blockchain technology is cryptocurrency right. um and um frankly i'm not really involved in that other than to you know diversify and believe in what bitcoin has to offer and and use my eth to spend it needlessly on nfts all the time yeah. um but like there's so much more to it i mean i've been my my show focuses on this like what is web three Right. Yeah. It's a question right. I ask every single guest um, and everybody uses the basis for it is like this one meme that web one was read web two was write, web three is own. Right. The ability to own digital assets on a ledger. Um, I don't think that's wrong, but it, what it like how you describe it to someone should be way more broad than that. Right. Uh, there's all kinds of intrinsic subcultures and impact that, that it's making on the world just based on the technology. But the thing that I've done is I've taken a step back and I'm like, this is great. Web3 helped people understand what you know blockchain technology is writ large. But like really Web3 is the third iteration of the web um, and how the internet will change starting with blockchain technology, but maybe augmented by AI, maybe augmented by machine learning, maybe augmented by VR. There's just a lot. It's just taking all of the best available technology, which by the way, AI is the big hot topic right now. Like, Oh yeah. It's, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that actually while we're, while we're here, we're going to riff on that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have yeah, to, it's, man. It's, it's, the world it's, the world. Like, it's so fast too. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere that chat GPT, which is the big platform for AI that everybody knows about right now. Everybody. Onboarded a million users in like 10 days. <laughs> yeah. From nothing. Quicker than any company ever. Why? <laughs> in, in my opinion? It, yeah, why? It helps everybody. It helped my wife uh, is a real estate agent. She creates short form video to try and build her brand. And I showed her inside my one of the apps I used to edit my short form video, the ability to create an entire transcript through chat GPT. She uses it just as much as I do now because she can say, these are the five things that you should know before buying a house. And look, does she copy and paste it? No, but it provides like an uh, augmentation to the ability to create unique content. Um, And it can be applied to anybody. Um, which is crazy. And and that's just the beginning. I mean, chat GPT is what is a version of GPT three. We we're already at GPT four now. <laughs> so being a futurist, where do you, where do you see all of this going? Let's just go on on a t- five year time horizon. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I'm equal parts scared and excited. I'd say. Yeah, me too. It's, um, it's a tough topic. 
uh, I've heard some very, very smart people who have dedicated their lives to AI give genuine warnings on the future that is, you know, supplemented by AI that can create its own AI um, and humans role in that. Um, but on the other side, I see the ability to differentiate between great ideas and good ideas, right? AI will always be good at coming up with good ideas, but the people have truly innovative, great ideas and can use AI to build out those ideas. That's going to be a game changer. Yeah, man, it's, it's really, really freaking scary. If you start thinking about like the Skynet scenario, right? Where the AI becomes smarter than the people. And then, you know, it just takes over everything. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I mean, basically why Elon Musk has created SpaceX more or less. I mean, at least the public reason, um, you know, is that he thinks AI <laughs> is going to take over the world uh, and we're going to need to change planets uh, and go live on <laughs> Mars um, so, along with climate change and many other things that are going on. So yeah, I think I there mean, is, you know, I mean, if AI is that smart, they'll probably figure out a way to chase us to Mars if they really wanted to, you know, I mean, it's yeah. going to be build their own spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, in, in all seriousness, I think, you know, there is two separate arguments that I am a part of. And I say arguments lightly. This is like fun, like discussions, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There is the role of AI in Web3 as part of the art space, because there's a lot of very famous artists that leverage AI and a lot of people that solely just use prompts to create art, right? Is that art, right? Is your prompt art? Um, and then the, the separate conversation is the bigger one that, that you and I are having right now is where does AI, if it's advancing this quick now, take us in, in five years? And I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that um, AI art created just solely by prompts is art? What's your, I think, what's your stance on that argument? I think anything that didn't exist prior that you bring into existence is art. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you, it, man. I've created some cool stuff in Midjourney. I play around with Midjourney a lot. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of fun creating art. I'm not great at drawing i've never been a good like painter I, you know my lines aren't straight when i draw i'm like <laughs> you know i'm just not that good me at too it, brother right? <laughs> but i'm like you i love art and i'm i'm really into it you know so you know this like evolution of having something like mid-journey to play with has been really wonderful for me you know because and i, I think it's reflective of our time. Like things that are in my head you know yeah yeah like you can be an artist for the first time. Like, why should you not be considered an artist just because you're leveraging AI technology? Now there are yeah. different levels, right? There's, there are people that have built their own AI on top of a mid journey or a, a Dali or something like that. Um, and then there's people that I know that create the art in there and then take the image and manipulate it uh, to make it their own inside of like, you know, Photoshop yeah. or something. I've known you a while and I didn't know, I didn't know to till until today that you were actually an artist. You told me you were creating some art prior to getting involved in web three, you know? Yeah. I, I've, the only NFTs I've ever created are thank you notes to all my guests to what you yeah, have one in, in your yeah. wallet. Um, <laughs> but I've 
created, I, there's, there's two ways I explore art when, when I'm extremely stressed out. Um, it helps recenter me uh, yeah. a lot. Um, and the other side is with my son. Um, I yeah. want him to understand that he can create something from nothing and there are no rules. So this generation of kids, your son's generation, like what the heck, man, what are they going to be like in 20 years? You know, <laughs> I alluded to it earlier, be, man. What are they going to be creating, man? They're You know, I had the idea that, you know, it's going to get to the point where you can like make a whole movie in AI, you know, just I like that's I already happened. I think that's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's been whole movies created. There's been short films created. Um, I mean, you can take a video, plug it in and say, uh, I can't remember which program this is, uh, but you can say, Hey, take this video and recreate it. in uh, you know, impressionist style with thick brush strokes um, with, you know, a voice that is similar to, you know, uh, David Attenborough <laughs> uh, and it will do it. Um, so it, it's only going to get stronger. And I think that that is the reason that more and more people should be creating. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, imagine a world where like, you know, anything that you can dream up in your head, you know, I mean, how many times have you been in your life said, Oh, this would make a great movie or that would make a great story. You know, imagine that it's in your head. You could just put it into a computer and then a computer generates a movie out of that. Like what kind I of thought world? of a movie then, yesterday, Chris, then, I'm ready then, to go. And then you're like, maybe you're like participating in that movie in virtual reality or augmented reality. Like, I mean, you know, what the heck, man, you know, that could be really, <laughs> I mean, that that's a good point is the way that we experience content or entertainment um, is going to be fundamentally changed. Right. Like right now, I think the closest thing is like 3d or IMAX or, and those are getting more and more advanced as well. But like what happens when you can click a button on your watch and have a projection of the, you know, your friends in your video game, checking out saying hi, or you can say, Hey, will you show me like that clip from that movie? I watched the other day real quick and it just pops up. Right. Like, yeah. and you don't even need a TV anymore. Right. Like all this is going to change the way that we interact with content. It's not going to change the amount of time we have to do. So like realistically, it's going to have to take the place of Netflix binging uh, or something like that. Um, but it will change the way we experience it. I think, you know, and the other thing is like, uh, and, and you know that I just went to this recently is that people, people is the, <sighs> so jealous. Beeple is like the OG guy from NFT art, you know, he's like, and he opened a gallery in Charleston where I live, which I manipulated my way into getting into <laughs> the grand opening. Hey man, you're a hustler, baby. <laughs> I hustled that man. <laughs> I hustled that, but it was life changing experience to see art in that format you know he's got this experience center which is like large high-res screens all, all over this whole room i mean it's all over everything man it's covering the walls the ceiling the columns even the coffee tables have screens i mean everything you know 
and they were displaying this NFT art, like this digital art on those screens. And it was different, man. I've never seen anything like that in my life. You know, I have this people from, Oh, go ahead. I have this sense that like these NFT that like these digital artists will become like the, like the stars of the future. You know, I think that once this catches on and like people start to know who they are, the fuck renders and the beeples and all this are going to be like, they're going to be like the big time movie stars are now where people want to just like, (laughs) you know, get their autograph and be around them. You know, I I was having this conversation last night actually um, with a friend of mine and he's like, he's not in web three, but he's always like, he's listened to my show and he's always been kind of an observer and he's like, what's it going to take? And I'm like, okay, we're at a cigar bar. Um, you see how this cigar bar is designed for like a certain ambiance. And it was kind of like an Asian kind of Zen ambiance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's like umbrellas yeah. hanging from the ceiling. Right. When digital art is part of the ambiance at restaurants and people start to notice the art and they know right. that they can own that art, right. that's when nfts have gone mainstream it's not when i can pull out my phone and mirror my screen on my tv and show people as much as i use that as a way to onboard people it's when you see them in everyday life and people like people building out this amazing studio where you can go and experience nfts the way they were intended to be experienced right Mm -hmm. that's going to help us get to that point some of those artists like Beeple and Fuckrender and others will also emerge as like easily recognizable artists. So when you see their artwork displayed on this restaurant or wherever you are or in Times Square, where whatever venue you're in, people will know like, oh, that's a that's a Beeple. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I feel like pretty that. unmistakable. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys don't know Beeple, uh, maybe you go after the show and check his workout. It's very vulgar. Just a, a, head, a, a, just a heads up on that. But it is a sensationalization of pop culture and uh, the current events of the day. So it captures a certain period in time, but also but with his characters helps you resonate with everyday faces you know, from Jeff Bezos to Buzz Lightyear to Elon Musk. I'll send you a text message of the men's bathroom at the Beeple Gallery. It's all dicks. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, that makes sense, right? When you're in the bathroom. Giant dick everywhere. <laughs> He's a really good dick drawer, I have to say. Yeah. My wife said she went in the women's bathroom and it was all boobs. So it's boobs and there you go. And dicks <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised if it was vaginas, you know, it's just, <laughs> I could have been. it could have been. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing about the web three subculture that people wouldn't expect? It's a really good question. Um, I think that it is one of the warmest places that I've ever been. And I don't think people expect that at all. I think they expect a bunch of people pressing buttons trying to buy and sell cryptocurrency and NFTs, yeah. smoking weed, smoking weed in a basement, you know, right. Right. Um, and, and then getting stolen from at some point and then money laundering and then, you know, whatever other bad thing you can think of. Um, <laughs> but 
really what it is, it goes back to the beginning of our conversation and the, the whole purpose, like this show title, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It is a bunch of people who understand the value of bringing out their creative side and making an impact on the world and giving them the tools to go and meet other people that share those interests. Dude, like all my friends these days are like Web3 people. <laughs> you know? know? Yeah. It's like- what, uh, what? What is it that, can I reverse interview for a second? What is it that makes your friends Web3 people? Um, what is it that makes my friends Web3 people? Well, I've, I've, you know, I've, I mean, these are all just people that I've connected with because of my involvement here, you know, even down to my, you know, like the crypto cats in Charleston, which is like this crypto group of guys you know, that meets every month or going to conferences or, you know, I'm going to go to um, New York on Friday. You should come with me. I'm going to go to New York on Friday to go to Snuffy's gallery opening, you know, just oh, no way people. he's opening yeah. a gallery. But he's got he's got a show in a gallery in New York that I, it's like a physical art show, you know. But I'm going because he's my friend and I want to support him, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that. I mean, I know that's a huge part of your onboarding and the show's about me. But Snuffy Snuffy has a, a great founding story with Chris. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I just uh, I just everybody that I've met is so cool, man. And it's just like I mean, they're all my kind of people. I call us like it's like nerds, but we're not really nerds. <laughs> we're all. <laughs> It's like a bunch of cool nerds. <laughs> I could totally relate with that. <laughs> I was like, my, these are my nerd friends, you know, but they're all like super cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. They're right. Not really nerds. And guess what? If it wasn't for Web3 and NFTs, you wouldn't have connected with half of them. And I wouldn't now know they any take priority. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't know me. That's for I damn sure. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. An, any, I wouldn't know anything about it. It was really the event of NFT New York last year that um, opened my eyes to like the connections with people, you know. So I'm really glad that I've done that. And I've done a bunch of other things since then. What do you, besides NFT New York, what have you done to connect with people physically in the real world? I was very fortunate in that a month after I started my podcast, uh, an individual named Marlon Williams. Uh, uh, had moved up from Miami to found the Atlanta blockchain center. Yeah. Um, he'd seen the way that blockchain and crypto had taken over Miami and he saw the raw talent of, uh, Atlanta through Georgia tech and all the engineers that come from there and Georgia state yeah. being such a great school and, uh, you know, having one of the busiest airports being the FinTech hub, like 70% of financial transactions run through Atlanta. There's just wow. a lot of different aspects of Atlanta that made it a good place. And yeah. so I have been, uh, you know, going up there, uh, to attend their, um, their Thursday kind of panels that they do. I've moderated a few of their panels and I've met, I would say like probably 10 to 20 of my guests have come through people that I've met up there or people wow. that have introduced me to people that I've met up there. So this is really uh, like plugging you into uh, just a, like an unlimited pool of very smart, interesting technology focused people. I'll tell you the most unique thing about Atlanta is when you go to these events. So this is like blockchain plus Atlanta. Uh -huh. uh, it is 80% uh, people of color. And uh, of that 80%, probably 80% of those people are developers. 
um, which, which is something that if you're familiar with the technology world, there's always a shortage of developers, uh, especially (laughs) in in new areas like web three, where you have to learn new, new coding languages and stuff like that. So it's just got this super unique saturation of, of diversity. Uh, and, you know, really cool founders that are trying to make Atlanta one of the hubs. I met one of my friends uh, when he was on my podcast. Uh, he's got a great company. And he just saw uh, a tweet about the Atlanta Blockchain Center. He's like, whoa, there are people in Atlanta that do Web3. And then all of a sudden we were meeting in person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happened, man. I got a text message from somebody on Twitter, like a DM it was a guy named Johnny Utah and he was like, Hey, uh, do you live in Charleston? And I was like, yeah, he's like, we got this crypto cats thing, you know, that meets up, you know, and it's like a bunch of cool guys, man. And they meet up once a month at a bar down here in Charleston. And it's like, you know, it's all centered around NFTs, crypto. People are into all kinds of different things, man. You know, and it's all yeah. a bunch of really smart, interesting, you know, dudes. Even one of the guys is a realtor. Him and I have started doing some like business together. You know, it's just like, uh, yeah. (laughs) It's like everybody has their other life that they came from and not everybody's uh, really like stepped away from that. Right. And so you've got like this mutual connection over Web3 and that helps you build a trusted relationship to to do other things. Um, You know, getting back to like the conference kind of conversation. I mean, that being such a game changer. when you meet these people in person that you've only communicated with over text, it's just like, it's a magical moment. And actually in Atlanta, we're throwing a conference called immutable, uh, May 31st and June 1st. And we're trying to, you know, most of these conferences are about, you know, really the parties afterwards. Right. And then meeting up with your friends that are there more so than actually going. Um, we're trying to create a conference that is about the conference. Um, most conferences are more like live podcasts. This one's going to be more like a, a dinner party conversation. Uh, we want people to want it to be super interactive. Uh, we want you to come to learn and be able to have an experience that you could not have otherwise, but for being at the conference. So we, I'm really excited to be doing that in, in partnership with Atlanta blockchain center. And, you know, I, I know there's a thousand conferences out there, but you know, come to Atlanta, check this one out. I think it's going to be super awesome. Um, and it's going to facilitate a lot of relationships like the one that, that Chris and I fostered here. Yeah, dude, that's totally, uh, I'm into it. <laughs> you gotta let me know when that is a lot yeah. of, uh, a lot of people in the web three world refer to themselves as DGen. What does that mean? <laughs> why, why, why is DGen a good thing and what is it? <laughs> uh, you know, I can tell you why it's good and why it's bad. Um, <laughs> so DGen is the term referred to as a uh, short for degenerate. Uh, and that is the person that you think of that is in all the discords, trying to find all the alpha, buying a bunch of art, maybe trying to sell a bunch of art, doing all these crazy things that like you never thought you would be doing. We've all degened, right? Uh, I oh, think some yeah. of the best oh, examples yeah. Oh, yeah. are like <laughs> when we turn on notifications for our favorite artists to see if there's a secret drop that we can go, you know, get a part of. And like, we're all like in there trying to race to click our buttons the fastest to become the guy. And then ultimately it ends in domination. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you may not get the piece of art, right? But you are just like getting after it. And there's this emotional dopamine kick that <laughs> right. comes into your head head as you're going through like i have to have this and then guess what the market spikes and you're like all right 
now I need to buy it on the secondary market. I don't care if it's triple the price, you know, um, that is degen, right? And while you can see how it highlights a lot of, you know, impulsive emotions within us, it is actually that culture, I think, that has brought us a lot together (laughs) is the empathy with each other, having been up at random times through the night. You know, you and I are fortunate enough to be on the East Coast in the United States. A lot of people (laughs) around the world have had to degen a lot harder at four in the morning. Oh, yeah, man. You got to (laughs) drop. Dude, I'm a pretty bad degen myself. And uh, I went to a wedding and, and. Columbus, Ohio this weekend. And, uh, I forgot to take my ledger with me and I missed two really cool things because I didn't have my freaking ledger, man. One was an admit one drop where you got a free hat, which is worth 300 freaking dollars. And another (laughs) one, (laughs) and another one was, I couldn't participate in the other side, uh, the other side, second, uh, the second experiential thing that the other side had. No, oh, that uh, demo they did on Saturday. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, look, uh, first of all, for the audience, a ledger is a hardware wallet uh, that holds your digital assets and is a lot more secure than a typical software wallet. Some call it a cold wallet. Um, second of all, let's criticize Chris here because you shouldn't be taking your ledger anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a it's minute. supposed to be safe, man. <laughs> do you feel like this whole web three thing is an art movement or do you feel like it's something even bigger? I think, uh, it is something much bigger. I think that art is one of the way that people onboard on into it. Right. Um, I think there are other ways that groups of people can have impacts on the world. Um, and, I think that's highlighted through things like um, there's a Lynx DAO, right? We talked about DAOs earlier. This group sold a bunch of NFTs uh, to try and buy a golf course. And guess what? They just bought a golf course in Scotland. Um, there is, yeah, right? There's Krause House uh, is trying to buy an NBA team and just missed out on buying a minority stake in an NBA team. So they're they're getting there too. There's people that, assembled in five days, raised $42 million to try and buy the U S constitution. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That ability to group like-minded people together and make decisions and pool capital because you need financing to, to do a lot of this stuff is really what it's all about. It's a, it's a flattening of the hierarchies in the world. In my opinion, um, if we see our fullest potential, we're going to be making better decisions because there's been better conversations with people who are thinking about all these different causes every single day. Um, And it will create in light of this show, thousands of different subcultures that can actually take action. Yeah. I think that's very interesting. I, uh, you know, and I have a podcast, which, you know, of uh, the ledge, which is really focused on the art aspect of it, you know, which, which in itself is, seems to be an art movement of its own, you know, this digital art revolution, you know, there's a lot of, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of traction there, man. Like, cause some of these artists are becoming, you know, highly paid curated by Christie's and Sotheby's. And, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like kind of wild, man, to watch this from the sideline and see what's happening in that sense. And this is like the original, like, like my vision for this space is like, 
to see us create a creative digital creative renaissance, right? Yeah. To go yeah. back to the days of sitting in salons, having deep discussions about the meaning of life. Um, now you have everybody's creative side is coming out because they have the ability to create and earn a living using their ideas. Um, what does that mean for the world when you can facilitate that at a level that you've never been able to before? Um, I think that's one of the reasons both you and I are here. How do we onboard the next billion people, you know, and create all those different subcultures so that Web3 is not its own little niche anymore? There's, um, like you said, there's subcultures within subcultures of <laughs> this world. How do we get yeah, I think there's, here? It's, it, it all comes down to a perspective issue, in my opinion. Um, right now, the perspective that we are talking about is not the mainstream's perspective of the space. So it's it's incumbent upon us to get the word out that this can change the world and it can do all the things that we've been talking about. But the main thing that we have to do to facilitate that is build better infrastructure and user experiences so that we meet people where they are, right? We can't expect everyone to want to learn how to go buy cryptocurrency, transfer it to a, a MetaMask wallet, and then go to this website and plug your wallet in, and then maybe it gets stolen from, and then someone sends you a link and you lose everything you've got. Like, that's not okay. There are technical and safety barriers that have to be overcome. And when people wake up in the morning and they sign into their collection the same way they sign into their email to see, you know, what's going on in this world, then, then we're, then we've made it right. Then, then we're there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think you see, you know, lots of corporate giants that are adopting this infrastructure as a way of facilitating communities and customer engagement, uh, namely lately Starbucks and Nike are probably the two most prolific names, but you're seeing these people make it normal to own and trade digital assets and have digital experiences in your life. So we're yeah. getting there. We're two definitely crazy, getting there. Two crazy things I saw just in the last week. One is that uh, Ticketmaster I saw was going to start supporting NFTs, which is a game changer for the ticket world, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have been calling for that for a long time. <laughs> That's gonna end like uh, the like the, the the forgery of tickets completely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and create a I mean a whole different you know way for you to engage with the artists, right? You're oh, yeah. by by providing tickets as NFTs. Um, you are able to prove how big of a fan you are like yeah. never before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can go and say, I attended, you know, 75 Christina Aguilera concerts. Uh, and, uh, I really like genie in a bottle and I have all these po apps to prove it. Right. Um, <laughs> can I meet her in person, you know, or yeah. something like that? Yeah. It's, no, uh, it's, uh, it's and so sports teams. Think about how it will change sports. Right. If you have a if you have a digital sign in and you scan uh, a QR code at sporting events and then they see that you bought your NFT ticket and then they you use it to buy uh, sports memorabilia, um, all of a sudden you're the super fan that they can start rewarding in certain ways. Um, yeah, it kind of facilitates the rabid sports fans that are already there. You know, <laughs> yeah, just makes their experience better. I totally agree with that. The other thing I saw this week that uh, that was that was pretty huge news was that others that uh, other, that Yuga and Gucci 
at a were collaborating. So like yeah. the board apes and Gucci. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You started yeah, to see a lot of the luxury brands brand, doing it. You know, like probably one of the largest, yeah. most recognizable brands in the world. I think, you know, one of the use cases for NFTs, especially like board apes, like we're talking about for, for context for people like board apes are a, a, one of the original PFP profile picture collections, 10,000 mm-hmm. pictures. Uh, I think the minimum that you can pay for one is a hundred thousand dollars. A lot of adoption by by celebrities. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the most successful art collection uh, available um, has made a lot, changed a lot of people's lives, a lot of my friends' lives. Yeah. Um, and but at the end of the day, that the actual picture, the NFT, uh, is it's a luxury good, right? Uh, just like a Gucci bag is. Just like a Tiffany's bracelet is. And that's why you see the easy transfer to these luxury brands that they, these, they tend like the fashion brands tend to be the highest adopting non web three brands to leverage web three technology because the psychology in purchasing luxury goods is almost exactly the same as purchasing high value NFTs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and also, you know, down the road when these luxury brands start to figure out how to use NFTs to stop the faking of their, their stuff, you know, like you buy a bag, it comes with an NFT that is linked to it. Yeah. And that's like (laughs) a chip inside of it. I think they're already doing that. That's crazy. Right. You know, G money who's in the web three world, he's really big into the fashion world. Oh, your brunch, your brunch buddy. Yeah, G- yeah. <laughs> I'm in his. Uh, I'm in his. I'm in his Discord, which is called Admit One. It's a luxury clothing brand called Nine DCC, which is named after the wallet that orig- that these NFTs originate from. <clears throat> um, he's got a chip. You know, I have. I have a shirt that's got a chip in it that. Um, you know, you can tap your phone on my shirt and it'll give you a POAP of proof of, you know, that you and I have interacted. Whoa. Why have I not done this yet? I got to come to Charleston. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Get, when, I, when we link up, I'll give you a POAP for my 90cc shirt, you know. So you don't have to generate the POAP. And the POAP for, for the audience is a proof of attendance protocol. So you can only do it at a certain point in time or at a certain place, which in this instance is the t-shirt. Yeah. The interaction with the t-shirt. Right. And so, yeah. you know, so I wore I it see? in Miami at Art Basel. I wore it to the Beeple gallery. I wore it, you know, I've, I've been wearing this shirt and interacting with people who have collected my POAP. I've got a ton of people that have collected my POAP and I've collected a bunch of POAPs from people I've interacted with that were wearing 90 CC shirts, you know, that is freaking awesome, man. I did not, I knew 90 CC was uh, related to NFTs and it was G money's project, but I had no idea that now can it link back to like any of your, uh, you know, like website or podcast or anything like that? I think that's what they're working on. I think they're working on a way to where, you know, you'll be able to like, just, you know, if you can link all your stuff to that (laughs) and then goodbye business cards. Yeah. (laughs) No more business cards. So that's the, that I was, when I told you I left my ledger at home this weekend, they just released a hat, you know, this luxury. Oh, and it had the same thing. $300 luxury baseball hat called 90 CC. That's got the chip. You know, and if you're an admit one holder, you had a short window of time to claim yours. Of course, I missed my claim because I was in Columbus, Ohio, without my ledger. 
Oh, in Ohio too. Yeah, I don't even know to talk about it. <laughs> it's a dark day. This is, uh, folks. I alluded to it earlier. This is what we call domination. It happens often in our space where you're just not at quite the right place in time with the right tools or technology yeah. to uh, convert what can be very meaningful financial opportunities and meaningful <laughs> opportunities for you as a person. Dude, I've missed so many opportunities, <laughs> as I'm sure you have too. Did you know yeah. when the board apes were minting? Did you hear about it, or was that? Did you hear about it later? So this is an interesting subject because uh, I, on my like fourth or fifth episode, I told the story of how many times I've been dominated by the board ape community uh, and missed out, and I actually started crying um, at that point. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, brother. Fair enough. Yeah. So let's see. Board Apes minted in April. They did not mint out immediately. They were minting for next to nothing. Uh, And I had a friend who, after the mint, uh, basically, he had bought like 50 of them. And he started giving them out to our other friends. Uh, and he kept telling me, like, this is going to be different. This is going to be different. I think they were at like half an ETH at that point. And uh-huh. for context folks that at that point, I think it was between 1500 and $2,000. I think that was probably peak ETH pricing, uh, in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, I've got a little bit of liquidity and I think I'm going to buy it, but I don't know. And I actually bought a fake one. Uh, I was like, oh, here's one for 0.05. I'll buy that one. And at that point, I was not as skilled in identifying fake collections. Right, right, right. Uh, and one of the things that Board Apes gave you through their terms of service was the ability to commercialize your ape a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, they relinquished all commercial rights. Right. Uh, and so um, I bought this fake one. And then by the time I realized it was fake, uh, a couple of days later, they had gone higher. And I was like, oh, there's no way I'm spending one ETH on these things. Um, and so a few months later, um, I actually ended up selling another piece that I had for like seven ETH and, you know, taking this to, to pricing for you people at, at peak price, that was about $25,000, I think 25 yeah. or $30,000. Uh-huh. Um, and I spent the next two weeks day and night searching for the best mutant ape, which was like an offshoot of board apes, but also kind of gave you almost all of the rights that, that yeah. the original board apes gave you. Yeah. I pressed the button to, to buy one and someone outpaid me in what we call gas, which is your transaction fee right. and got it before I did never connected with another one proceeded to show a few to my wife. And she's like, are you really about to spend $25,000 on a picture of a monkey that is ugly? Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> no, you're right. I'm not going to do it. Um, now, you know, now it wouldn't seem like the greatest loss considering where the floors are and a lot of these NFT yeah. projects and ETH right. going down. But at the point, at that point they were on their way from seven ETH to 20. Right. Uh, and I was like, shit, how did I do this? Well, guess what? That wasn't the end. Uh, they released these things called other side deeds, uh, which give you a parcel in their metaverse that they were creating with Animoca Brands, massive game studio. Um, and I, they were two ETH each. Uh, I managed to partner up with somebody because I missed out on their KYC uh, yeah. requirements yeah. because I was out of the country. 
and had a deep conversation about why I should transfer this person multiple thousand dollars, even though I just met them. Uh, I sent them the money. Well, not only was it two ETH to purchase, there were so many people that wanted to purchase. There was another two ETH in transaction fees. And both him and I were not on the same page at all with the idea that we should spend another two ETH uh, to do this. Uh, and so we ultimately just didn't pay it, you know, got our money back and, and I missed out on the other side as well. Uh, and the next morning I was actually making breakfast for my kids and I started crying. I have been dominated so many times by what is considered, you know, maybe first, second after CryptoPunks is like the most prolific collection. And then I just started to go down the rabbit hole of like, have I wasted all my time doing this? And I missed out on this big opportunity. And, you know, ultimately my kids brought me back because I realized there's so much more to life than, than, you know, the collection of NFTs. But that's the kind of impact that uh, something like that can have on you in the space. Yeah. I uh, bought a mutant and I sold it at a loss and I bought another deed with a coda, which I still own, but it's at a loss right now, but pretty significant, you know, <clears throat> it is what it is, man. I'm gonna, it is. Yeah. And, and, and you know, look. I, I feel like that's going to come back up, you know, um, you know and even you if it lose, doesn't, you don't lose until right? you sell it, you know? Yeah. Right. It's a write off, you know? Yeah, at the very least, uh, you are along for the experience, um, and you get to. It's watch an expensive them. education in the world of NFTs. You know, it I've is. learned a lot by losing money in this space. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you've never had this. Like, I mean, unless you've like decided to be a day trader at some point in your life, you've never had the ability to make such crazy financial decisions in mass and and see the results of those decisions so quickly. Yeah. And I've had some good, good ones and some bad ones. It's just, uh, just trying to stay at least even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even's nice. I think right now, at least for me, I'm in a place where, you know, we, I built out my network in the space and the art I'm buying is supporting my friends. That's uh, what's a up. lot. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I buy art that I like. I buy art that supports people that I like. And uh, I'm happy with that. I'm not in it for any financial gain right now. It's all just, you know, doing it out of just the sheer enjoyment of it. And I have a sick art collection, as I'm sure you do too, you know. Yeah. And despite all of this, right, like my, at every opportunity, I'm showing my family my NFTs. I'm yeah. showing my kids. My kid's bed at the end has stickers of a dead fella, which is a PFP. <laughs> it's got my friend Josh's board ape. Uh, and it's got a bunch of other art stickers, some that aren't even NFTs, because to me, those all kind of go together. Cool. Um, and I just, I love that. I love that we have this opportunity to give the kids this experience. I mean, I'm sitting here in my chair down in my basement at my computer. One of my daughters, who's one and a half, by the way, favorite thing to do is to sit on my lap with my headphones on and watch NFTs. Nice. She enjoys it. Nice. Um, and I think it's important for them to give that opportunity. Look, these things could never materialize to, to what we think they can be, but I wouldn't put my money there one and, and two, uh, at least along the way we get to have this experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Zach, is there anything that, uh, I didn't ask you about as we're hitting the top of the hour that you'd like to say about yourself, your life, your involvement in the web three world before we sign off? Yeah. You know, Chris, first of all, thanks for having me on. 
Um, this has been a long time coming. I (laughs) have loved when you came on my show. Um, I totally connect with you as a person and, you know, I can't, uh, you know, emphasize enough how important it is to build these connections for a thriving ecosystem. Um, I think this technology is going to change the world. I did not quit my cushy ass job working at a public software company, getting paid nicely with great benefits to go pursue a space because it was unsafe and way too technical. I came to overcome those boundaries through my show web through with me and through meeting people like you and joining these communities and supporting NFT artists, because I think this will have a profound and positive impact on the world. Uh, every part of that is, uh, littered with, uh, you know, mistakes and negative experiences, but that's how you learn. That's right. And I've learned a shit ton and I value the hell out of every relationship that I've, I've been a part of here. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you bringing me on and you guys check out web three with me. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts. I'm publishing my 45th episode today with nice. uh, an amazing, amazing co-founder of uh, Farcaster, a decentralized social media app, which oh. is going to help emphasize a lot of these communication ideas and better conversations and decision-making that we've discussed today. So thank you. Yeah. I'll drop a link to your show and your link tree into the show notes. So anyone listening to Zach that wants to follow web three or me or find out more about Zach or get in touch with Zach can find you easily. Uh, I value our friendship and uh, thank you so much for your time, Zach. Thanks buddy. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode of subculture. I really appreciate your listening. If you like the show, please rate and review me in the app that you listen on. Thanks again to Zach French for coming on and speaking to me today. I will leave a link to Zach's link tree and his podcast in the show notes below. You can follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore underscore Chris, and I'll see you guys here next week. Thanks again.